0: This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. What were the top
1: technologies and gadgets of 2016? We'll be exploring that topic with lots of great picks this week on GeekWire from geekwire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop and I'm John Cook. Joining us here in the GeekWire newsroom is Andrew Edwards of Gear Live and the co-host with me of our brand new podcast Geared Up. It's great to have you here Andrew. Thank you. What's going on everybody? All right. So, we've got a lot to talk about. Here in front of us on the table are an array of gadgets, a plethora uh, that Andrew has picked and John and I will be chiming in with our own picks over the course of the episode. Andrew, I want to start with something really specific. If you don't mind, if I jump okay, in from, from your table please here. do. And that is, I know this is probably the least sexy <laughs> device. but This one. And, and by the way, if you're listening on the podcast or radio show, if you go to GeekWire, we'll also have a video. We'll do our best to describe it here. But this is a hard drive. And it's, oh gosh, this could fit in your wallet pretty easily. It would add a little bit of bulk to Depending it. Depending on your wallet, I it's, guess so. I don't know if you'd want to do that because, Todd,
2: the branding on there is what? Samsung? <laughs> so maybe it would blow up in your oh, pocket? Or, uh, uh, <laughs> flames. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hopefully this one doesn't though, Andrew. Tell us about this. It's the, the T3. This is T3. So what this is, is basically, um this is a portable, a very portable, Hard drive. It's actually not even a hard drive. It's a solid-state drive, so inside here, no moving parts, um, very fast. It has a USB 3.1 USB-C port on it, which means it can do 20 gigabits per second, transfer rates very fast. I can edit 4K video off of this on my laptop on the go. So this is one of my picks just because it's USB-C. Big shout-out to USB-C, by the way. This is the year of USB-C. Um, much faster, the port is fantastic, you can use it for a lot of stuff, but it allows stuff like this, where you can just get a whole bunch of performance in a tiny form factor. So for a, a one terabyte.
1: terabyte drive, say three years ago, you would have had a brick yeah. on your desk, spinning with a, right. a regular hard drive. Exactly. Here it is, it's flash, it could f- easily fit, you could fit two or three of these in your back pocket.
0: Oh yeah, it, oh this, yeah.
1: this is incredible. Just it looks the, like a battery for a,
0: for a smartphone. It <laughs> like, does. It's small. So yeah, this is definitely one of my picks. Um, this is a terabyte, so I think we looked it up. It was about $350 for a terabyte, which sounds expensive. But for a terabyte of flash storage, is not that expensive at all. But if you don't need a terabyte, you can get 512 500. 256 um, And obviously, those would be much cheaper. But um, So yeah, if you're looking for portable storage that is compatible, again, USB-C. So you can plug this into a laptop. You can plug it into a Pixel device or any, anything that's USB-C, a GoPro, directly.
1: Now, could you plug it into an iPhone?
0: Well, you can't plug it into an iPhone because an iPhone is lightning. Lightning, okay. Yes.
1: So this actually ties into something that should be a New Year's resolution for everybody, and that is backing up... Your mm. devices, yep. your computer, John. How often do you back up your computer?
2: Uh, usually, when Andrew
1: comes on the show, it
2: tells me it's time to upgrade, <laughs> it's time to back <laughs> So, <laughs> so annually. <laughs> so right about now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very cool. So once again, that. Yeah, wait a it's... minute. What about you? You didn't answer that question. Oh, oh I back up almost every day. I use mm-hmm. Time Machine, okay. and I have multiple. Uh, two terabyte hard drives, one at the office and one at home. And when I get to the office, I merely just plug in the the USB and uh, I'm good to go. So, I, I am very, very conscientious about backing up. I love getting things off of my computer hard drive because I feel like I want as much storage available on there mm-hmm. as possible. To me, it's almost just like kind of like brushing your teeth. you know you want to okay. make sure that you back up every day. That's good. that's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, it's, it's good tech hygiene, yeah, is what I'm saying exactly. <laughs>
0: I, I back I, have, I use a time machine as well. so my my computers are backed up every hour. Um, any changes that have been made back up every hour. And then I also use a service called Backblaze which you install on your computer, and I think it's like five bucks a month, and it's unlimited backup off-site, so it's over the internet, right. for your computer and any hard drives that are attached to your computer. Yeah. So if you plug in a 12-terabyte RAID to your computer, it'll back that up as wow. well, five bucks a month. So. Very
1: very cool. Well, I have never been so excited about a hard drive,
0: or actually not a hard drive, a flash drive. Right, it's cool.
1: Yeah, very cool. So that is the Samsung T3. T3.
0: Portable SSD. Drive yes. And they do make them in other US. So you don't have to get USB-C. Like if you don't have USB-C, you're not using that yet. You can get them in the older style USB as well. Very cool. All
1: right. So if you're just joining us, we are talking about the top technologies and gadgets of 2016. It's Todd Bishop and John Cook with Andrew
0: Edwards. What else is on your list, Andrew? All right. Well, let's talk about smartphones real quick because that's one of the big ones every year. Although I don't know how many people actually get smartphones for the holidays it's a pretty expensive thing, and you have to get contracts and all that. But if you're looking for a good phone, two of my favorites of the year were – I mean, my favorite phone of the year is no more, which would have been the Note 7. Wow. What a bummer. I mean, <laughs> it's horrible. It's hard. By the way, just to t- to veer off for a second, did you see the story of someone who was on a flight who turned on the hotspot on their phone and named it Samsung Note 7? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So the the, nice. the the captain of the plane Said they were going to land the plane if <laughs> awesome. no one fesses up. And he said, and "No one, no one spoke up." And he said, "We're going to land and we're going to search the entire plane." So wait, they saw the device registering on the Wi-Fi yes. in the plane, or people, so? people looking for Wi-Fi saw this pop up. Oh, I see, I got. And you. they were starting to, you know, what's going on? And then eventually, <laughs> the guy, eventually the guys, uh, you know, spoke up and said, "No, it's really just this. I don't know, iPhone or whatever." But I named it that as a prank for my friends when you know. Oh, a so weeks didn't ago, he didn't. Do it specifically to ground the plane. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, wow. Or so he says. (laughs) But yeah, so that, I mean, that was the best, in my opinion, the best hardware smartphone released of the year was the Note 7. It was fantastic. And in fact, I would have loved, I mean, in, in my perfect world, I would have a Note 7 that runs iOS. That would be that would be your ultimate device. Fantastic, yeah. So R I P. So if you're looking for a great smartphone, though, there is the iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus. I prefer the Plus, higher resolution display. Bigger display, better battery, and better camera. You you regret not getting the, the yeah. plus. Yeah, I should. Oh, so gone. you want iPhone seven. Oh, well, I don't have an iPhone seven, you know, I'm not that high tech. Oh, and just Android. the plus. So you didn't yeah. get the plus model of yeah. whatever yes. current yes. phone you have.
1: Yeah, well, is it the iPhone four that you're on, John? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh I'm going smaller. <laughs> John's got Smaller's the better. Yes. he's got the 4S plus. <laughs> yeah. 4S plus.
1: <laughs>
2: oh man. When yeah. when is it time for you to upgrade? When you tell me,
0: oh. is it? Re- is sh- he's on the iPhone. I can't 6.
2: upgrade as much as you do. No, no. Well, I mean, I just I it's know expensive people doing this. No, it
0: is. But I know people who um, who who have the upgrade option with their carrier, but they they still wait. So you're still paying for the device that is now paid off. So you're actually losing money if you have an upgrade available and you don't take it. So if that's the case. You might as well do it. But well, but hey, before you jump in there, we do have to take a quick break. So oh, this is it. like
1: the ultimate tease. This Teaser. has been a three-minute
0: tease. Andrew is
1: about to unveil his favorite phone other than the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 yes. from 2017. And we will get into that right around the corner. You're listening to GeekWire on Kyra Radio, 97.3 FM. All right, welcome back from geekwire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. We are counting down the top technologies and gadgets of 2016. With, At least mine. Exactly, with Andrew Edwards. That's all that matters. <laughs> of Gear Live and the co host of the new Geared Up podcast from Geekwire and Gear Live. So, Andrew, we were talking about phones right yes. before the break. Now, here you have it right in front of you. Your pick, other than the Samsung Galaxy Note 7,
0: is? It's a tie. Oh, it is a tie. So there is uh, the iPhone 7 Plus. That is my phone of choice. That's the phone I leave the house with um, if I'm leaving the house. But close runner-up, and this is actually a phone I did not really like too much at first. This is the Pixel by Google. This one is the very blue model. It's all wrapped up still. But have you used the Pixel? I have not, no. Here, why don't you take that? You feel free to open yeah, it up. Yeah. And we should um, say,
1: for people who are listening on the podcast or the radio, we have a, a video that we're running right now. You can check it out. We'll do our best to describe the yes. stuff in the meantime. So what's the big open selling point? This, uh, get all that it's off. Of just, it's
0: live unboxing by wow, John Cook. Really there awesome. you go. So, so the thing it, with the Pixel, I didn't like it when I first started reviewing it. And the reason for that is that it's very plain. Um when you compare oh, you it know, to as, other devices. As an
2: iPhone user, the craziest thing is not having the button on the f- right. front uh, screen. It's on the back, right. huh? Well, that's actually the fingerprint button. Oh, and that lets you in. And then
0: there is a software home button on the front. Oh, interesting. So, So the Pixel, once you start using it, though, you realize very quickly what Google's doing. And what they're doing is they're making an Android version of the iPhone. And what I mean by that is it's not about the software. It's about making a mass market device that appeals to millions of people rather than a subset of people. So you know
1: what this is? This is what the Fire Phone should have been.
0: Yes, it is. Imagine if Amazon
1: had gone this route, a simple basic phone that just opened a portal into the world of Amazon.
0: Why didn't they do that? Because Amazon's all about selling. That's their problem. uh,
1: Well, they are all about selling, but with the Fire Phone, they were all about this whiz-bang technology that nobody really used. They should have just gone simple like this. We would be talking about the
0: dominance of Amazon's Fire Phone if they had gone this route, or at least the competitiveness. They did a couple of things very well with the Fire Phone that Google's actually doing now. So when... Amazon released the Fire Phone, one of the big things they said was any picture you take on this phone will be backed up in our cloud unlimited storage. Right? That's true. And now Google followed that up with any picture taken on a Pixel and any video including 4K video in full quality is saved to Google Photos in the cloud unlimited storage.
1: And then do they use that to inform their search suggestions for you? Yeah, may, probably may or may yes.
0: not. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing is, I mean, I don't like that either. Um, <laughs> but is, it really puts pressure. Because with Apple, if you run out of that initial, uh, what is it, 20 gigabytes of iCloud storage, right. and you have all these pictures, you have to pay to upgrade. Um, I love the fact that Google is saying, any media you capture, it has to be with this phone is saved in the cloud in perpetuity in full quality. So for $650, same price as an iPhone, same entry-level price, same storage, everything, Google's giving you what I feel is a better package than what Apple's offering. So is this just Verizon for now? It is Verizon if you want to buy it from a carrier, or you can buy it from Google themselves unlocked. Okay, and then you can take it to any of the other carriers? Um, that's a good question. know. I think you still have to go with uh, either Verizon or Sprint. That's right, because that would be the- Or international. Format. Yeah, okay. So, but still, it feels good in the hand, and it's actually in between. This is a five-inch display, so it's in between the iPhone and the iPhone Plus models, which are 4.7 and 5.5. This is five inches, and actually, this would be my f- preferred screen size. Like, I actually feel my iPhone 7 Plus is just a little too big. Um... For one handed use, so I, you know, if that's I'm why I didn't it, go big, right? But but you went small, so this is in between. Yeah. this is this so, is
2: the perfect size. So for a guy who has an iPhone 4s Plus, like myself, <laughs> like <you>. um, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, we Make, should be clear. Yes, you have an iPhone six. That's Come right. On. Make the case because I'm actually really intrigued with this product <laughs> okay. as a big Google user. Okay. And I use Gmail. I use Docs. I mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the Google ecosystem, okay. but I've never been Android. Should you make the, make the case to me that I should go off the iPhone
0: and switch to the Pixel? The real I've case, been thinking about it, but I just don't really want to go Android. Yeah, no. The real, the really, the only case to be made—we're um, well, not the only one—but one of the major ones is number one. At this point in 2016, leading into 2017, iOS and Android are both fantastic. They're both well thought out, fully. But you know me. You know my learning curve. That's true.
2: As many, many years on this (laughs) kind of
0: stuff. You're still running iOS 7. I understand this. Um, But the other thing is, if you are in, like you said, you're deeply entrenched in the Google ecosystem. Actually, I was going to say you're going to get a phone made by Google. But on the flip side, I find Google's apps for iPhone to be actually superior than Android apps.
1: So... I can tell you that Google's Gmail app for iOS is far superior to the native Apple Mail app for iPhone mm. when you're using
0: Google, when right. you're using Gmail. If you're a Gmail user. So, so that one, I don't know. But I mean, luckily, when you buy these things, especially from the Google store, you have a 30-day return policy. I would say we can actually it do this for, for a future episode. You order one, use it for a month, and then we invite you on to Geared up. Yeah. Can you tell us about your experience? I would love to do that. That sounds good. I would love to do Let's do that. it.
1: Let's do it. The other thing that I love along these lines is the Chrome bit. This is the self contained mm. dongle that plugs into the back of your TV. In fact, if you're watching on How much screen, is that again? That oh gosh, I think it's it's less than a hundred dollars. Okay. It's, the Chrome bit or the Chrome, chrome, chrome cast? No, the Chrome bit. OK, the Chrome bit, Chrome is the bit thing.
2: allows you to Chromecast.
1: No, no, no. The Chromebit <laughs> is a self-contained. So the Chromecast connects to the network. It's like it can be a, a streaming device. Yes. And, and it can connect to your devices as well. The Chrome bit is a self-contained computer in a very small little cylinder that you plug into the HDMI port of any display. That's so like a mini Chromebook. A mini Chromebook. Oh, okay, so and this then, is what you're using on the back of our TVs around exactly. the Exactly, I'm using it literally yeah. on this screen right now to run the the slide here. This oh. this is being run. So yeah, this, I love it. I think it's sort of like the hidden gem among Google's products. People,
0: they never talk about that
1: one. No, they don't. And you can basically, because it has a USB port in the back of it, you can hook up a wireless keyboard and mouse to it. So, and you know, it's, it's great if, if you're just browsing the web. I've gone in here, I've forgotten my computer a couple days, and I've literally edited stories, checked my email. I've thought <laughs> about not carrying around my MacBook and just having a Chrome bit at different places that I go or in my pocket. So
0: what we'll do for you yes. is you're going to do a 30-day challenge. No MacBook, just Chrome bit. For all your work. No, that's <laughs> we'll too inefficient. No, <laughs> I don't want to do get, that. Well, <laughs> when you get into, the problem is when you get into things like
1: audio editing. I, I don't know. So, um, so, so, yeah. And by the way, I got my wife, this will air after Christmas. Okay. So, I got my wife a uh, Google Chromebook to replace our original, original Surface RT. Finally. So, yeah, Take we, had the sur- we had the sur- <laughs> we had the Surface Two that we were using that went bust, and so I went back and I re sort of a- energized and updated the, the original. original Surface. Wow, RT. it's still running, but not very Is it RT well. Surface RT. Oh man, yes. Why didn't you get another Surface? Oh, yeah, why? I, you know, why didn't I'm, you get another I was, Surface? I'm, I'm done with that experiment. <laughs> no, are you
0: done with the Surface? or Are you done with Windows?
1: I don't. I'm not a huge Windows user okay. right now. I do use it occasionally, and we've in fact got a Surface Book right here that's from the office that we'll use. Uh, but uh, you know. I just, you know, I like you, John, I use Google. I've got an iPhone. And this is actually the new world that Microsoft is living in where they have to, uh, it, whereas before it was just natural for people to use Windows. Yeah. It came on every PC. But now they have to sort of work around the fact that everybody's using Google services and or they might have an iPhone. And so that makes them less likely to pick Windows or at least more likely mm-hmm. to pick the companion
0: computer yeah. for those ecosystems. It at is very way. interesting, though, that uh, – I mean because at least here in this town – you're the Microsoft guy. Yeah, well, You're I do. I do guy.
1: cover Microsoft and I follow Windows and and I, I use Windows. I but I primarily. But you don't use like it. I, I no. I like Windows. I certainly like Windows 10 better than I liked Windows 8. Yes. I might not like Windows 10 as much as I liked Windows 7. But at any rate, okay. So wait. <laughs> this is one of your devices, right? This is. Did you the say smartphone? you had the yeah, and the iPhone and the iPhone iPhone Seven? IPhone 7. 7. Yes. Okay. All right. This week, we are talking about our top technologies of the year. Andrew Edwards from Gear Live and the new Geared Up podcast is here with us. We just talked about the Google Pixel. You can check that out on the video that we'll be posting on geekwire.com. We will be right back with more of Andrew's top picks of the year. You're listening to Geekwire. Welcome back from geekwire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm Sean Cook. Joining us here on our special year end episode is Andrew Edwards of Gear Live and the new Geared Up podcast from Geekwire and Gear Live. It's great to have you here, Andrew. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So, we are counting down your top gadgets and technologies of the year. Yeah. And
0: what do we come to next? Up next. All right. So, this one is the Amazon. Echo Dot. And the reason I picked this one is just because of how inexpensive it is. Amazon's really good at releasing something that's cool and also doesn't cost that much. Like I think their Fire tablets at this point are like 10 cents or something like yeah, that. I'm, 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 sure,
1: I'm pretty sure it might be four cents.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're a Prime <laughs> member. right? So no, but this is the Echo Dot. And the reason I brought this is because it's something that's inexpensive. I mean, we're past the holidays now, but still, if you have gift cards left over that you receive for the holidays, $50 is Right. gets you into the whole you know, voice-controlled ecosystem, and sets you up with a hub for your smart home.
1: Now, here's my problem with the strategy you just described from Amazon. I have a Fire TV stick, an okay. original one. It sucks. The power, <laughs> the, just, it, like, I, it, I feel like I get more buffering when I'm watching yeah, yeah. on that than I, I would on I think the first on the, one does pretty much suck. Yeah, so, so what about this one when they go smaller with the Echo Dot versus the full-sized Echo? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's as good?
0: It's everything is just as good with the exception of the speaker, of course. Yeah, so um, but everything else with the Echo, you know, Alexa lives in the cloud. So, as long as you have a great internet connection, all the updates happen in the cloud. So, anything you ask an Echo Dot, there's nothing that an Echo can do better because it's all powered by the cloud. This is just the you know, the delivery medium for it. Yeah, so it's very cool. Do you, I mean, you have this at home, right? I, I don't I we had we use one in the office for quite a
1: bit. Okay. And then I, I you know something I just don't f- find use for it. You don't like talking to artificial intelligence, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but well we were talking about Siri earlier, so maybe maybe that's the case. I don't know. That's that's right. quite possible. John, what about you? Yeah. I find Siri
2: very, very challenging. Not not accurate. I find just a traditional text search to be far better. <laughs> I mean, just I, like I a ask web search, right? Yeah, yeah. I ask, Siri, I ask Siri stuff all the time, and it's just like it is just. So you try. totally, and I do try. Okay. I'm like, oh, let's, and it just does not work. Yeah. And I've played around a little bit with with the Echo. I, I, I'm kind of with Todd. I don't see a huge use for it in my life. Do you have one at in this your home? Point, I don't. Okay. But now, I, I could, I could see because uh, I'm a big user of Sonos, so I could see it potentially mm. replacing that at some point,
0: or working in conjunction, work with, with Sonos. it. Yeah, yeah, I'd love it to work with. I think it. Yeah, I think they
1: they, they released something over the past year. We need to look that up. Yeah. But they clearly are getting to the point where you're going to be able to use a lot of these different devices together. Mm -hmm. Now, see, but what I do is I've got an old Bose sound dock, and I've got a little adapter that I put in there. And then I stream over Bluetooth from Amazon Music to that speaker. So maybe I should just be using an Echo dock because then I could just control it by voice commands. That's true. You know, uh, hey, Alexa, play... Roar by Katy Perry. And right. then play
2: it on the Bose. <laughs> your favorite song.
0: <laughs> and then play it on your Bose system or yes. not. Well, but it has an audio out, so you can plug it into the Bose.
1: Oh, yes, that is true. So you could. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You, but old-fashioned wire.
0: Yes. You could do that. I always wonder, though, like, like we're, the three of us are like, we, we understand technology. And sometimes I think there's a fault to that. Speak for yourself about that understanding <laughs> well, of technology. Well, here's why. <laughs> because I think when I see this in my home, I always try to think of what to ask. I'm like, what can I ask this thing? Whereas, like, my wife or my 13 year old son, they just, oh, I have a question. Like, how far away is the moon? Whatever. Like, it's it's not or set a timer. It's more intuitive. It's much more intuitive. Yeah, because you're not. I'm like overthinking it sometimes. So that's why I asked you guys if you had it in your homes because I was going to then ask you, how how does your what does your wife think? Hmm. Um, Just out of curiosity. But I think you know, for the average person, the other thing though is. What can you do with it when you start pairing it with other stuff? So I asked Siri, you know, if I say at home, hey, Siri, good night, that locks my front door, turns all the lights off downstairs, sets the temperature for nighttime, like it does all this stuff. By the way, your phone just came up when you said, hey, Siri. Oh, oh, don't do it.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no, oh, my! Well, your might going done it. Exactly. might yeah. like, <laughs> have like, <laughs> <I> just <laughs> turned everything off.
0: Nice. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so like- It is cool to have one of these as a hub, even if you're not, you know, like you said, Siri doesn't, you know, you ask it questions, informational stuff. Once you start incorporating it into a smart home, which this allows you to do $50 to start controlling your house with your voice and even doing it remotely with something like Siri or Google Assistant, I think it's really cool. So good. There you have
1: it. That's the Echo Dot.
0: That's the Echo Dot, but really – It's the technology. So it's not about the gadget so much as the the technology. So if you're in the Google and you want to get the Google Home, you know it's just as highly recommended as far as I'm concerned.
1: And we did a great hands-on with the Google Home on the past episode of Geared Up. That's right. So I'll link to that from the show notes on this episode.
0: All right. What what do we got next? All right. How about some headphones? Nice. This is the year of wireless headphones. This is the year that headphone jacks started disappearing. And I think that transition is going to continue happening here in 2017. And so... First, I've got, this is the Bose QC25. Quiet Comfort, right? Quiet Comfort 25. So these are very comfortable, as the name implies, headphones. They're wireless Bluetooth, and the battery lasts like 40 hours on this. Wow, that's impressive, actually. Yeah, you can go back and forth cross-country a few times using these headphones. The connection is nice and solid. um, Charging it doesn't take long. And the sound is really good. So these are noise canceling, right? They're noise canceling. Yeah, so you you turn it on. That's why you have to charge them. There's no wire. Actually, is there? I think there might be. Yes, there is a wire. So if you do want to use them wired, you can. Gotcha. Um but they're meant to be Bluetooth. They're noise canceling, so you turn them on, you put them on, and then you flick the switch and like everything goes silent. Yeah. Like the world disappears. John has a problem with these
1: kinds of t- headphones. They give him oh. they give him headaches.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like the noise cancellation. Yeah, I don't like the noise cancellation. Something yeah. about the air pressure that's created when you Yeah, do I don't know yeah. what that is. I know I know yeah, that feeling yeah. you're talking about though. It's like you get sucked into a vacuum for a second. Yeah. But do you do you still feel that same sensation once you start the music? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I it's definitely a weird, feel it's, weird. A w- it's a weird world. Wow. Uh, when so, I put those on. so you How have much another, are those? How much are those? The Bose QC25. We might have to check. We're, we're double checking. We're fact, check, fact checking. Bose that. QC25. What do we got? So, 300 bucks. 300 bucks. Said. $299. Nice. So um, they, are, they are pricey, but what you get for them is a very comfortable pair of headphones with really good sound that lasts a long time. So you don't have to worry about finding a charger, even if you're going cross country. So, yeah. Very, very good. Cool. But there's also these. Now, these are... Almost the opposite. These are $159. These are the Apple AirPods. We talked about this one on a recent episode of Geared Up. The AirPods, have you seen these yet? I don't hey, let me think hand so. these to you. Check those okay. out. So these are Apple's wireless version of their ear pods, and they work with any iOS device running iOS 10 or higher. They work with the Mac running Mac OS Sierra. I think I would lose these within. Why does uh, everybody say that? <laughs> See, I just think I would about that. John would. I would. John lose would lose, these. lose them. <laughs> Have you ever used a Bluetooth headset though? Did you lose that? No. See. So no, <laughs> but these are cool because they're they're much cheaper. But these are super easy to pair. Like you open them up near your phone, and your phone just recognizes them. See that right there? It Tells you right away. Here's the battery level. Here's the battery level of the case. The case charges the ear pods. The earpods get five hours of battery life each when they're full. You put them in the case when they die. 15 minutes of charge gives you three more hours of time. So they're they're very efficient, they sound great, and they give you Siri in your ear. So I've actually been wearing just one of these in my ear while I'm working. And anytime I want to talk to Siri, I just double tap on my ear and Siri comes up. And the cool thing is that due to the shape and the technology inside, it points towards your mouth. And Siri has never misunderstood me when I've used these. Siri, oh nope, Siri always misunderstands me. Oh, Siri's activated again. <laughs> right, Siri's <laughs> yes. activated again. But with these, Siri actually understands what I'm saying, and that is such a big difference from you know when Siri launched on the iPhone 4s to now, six years, and Siri's still been you know terrible at understanding you. And now this fixes that. So here's the other cool thing: they sync essentially across
1: your devices. So if you are logged in on iCloud on your Mac. Or your iPhone or your iPad, Apple you don't Watch. have to. You don't have to resync that. It just automatically knows that that's you, and and the that your the, the AirPods work with them.
0: Right, right. So you open it up when you buy it. It's crazy. You take them out of the box. You open up the case next to your phone. You don't even have to touch your phone. You open up the case. Your phone says, "Oh, there's AirPods here. Would you like to connect?" You tap on connect, and within ten seconds, the AirPods are now paired to every Apple device that you own that you're logged into. So it's. I mean, that's that's the magic. Of all the things that we're
1: talking about here, and we talked about this a little bit on the the Gear, Geared Up episode dedicated to these, I want these. I really want these. I, I would use them daily, and in part because I can sit there. I, if I get home at night and my phone's not charged, I can set it there in the kitchen, get it charging, and then just go wirelessly while I'm you know listening to the podcasts or whatever. So mm-hmm. seems really cool.
0: It's good. I highly recommend these. If okay. you're looking for headphones... You're covered in both areas here. Wireless. So wireless those, is the way to go.
1: Those are $159. Those are right. the new Apple AirPods. And we also talked about the Bose QC. 25. Which are? 300 bucks. 300 bucks. Okay. All right. We are talking about some of the top technologies and gadgets of 2016 with Andrew Edwards here on the GeekWire radio show and podcast. We will be right back with much more around the corner on GeekWire. Welcome back from geekwire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop and I'm John Cook. We have one of our all-time favorite guests in the newsroom this week who also happens to be now the co-host of a new podcast from Geekwire and Gear Live that is Andrew Edwards, who I'm is here. who is coming to us now weekly with our new Geared Up podcast and this week we are counting down the top technologies and gadgets of 2016 as yeah.
0: Andrew has judged them. So tell us what you got next, Andrew. All right, next up, um, computers. I like powerful computers, and this is a year. It was actually a year of controversy for the for the popular computers. I guess like the MacBook Pro. This is the MacBook Pro, the new one with Touch Bar, 15 inch uh, MacBook Pro. I was initially underwhelmed, and but after using it and realizing the the software optimizations mixed with the hardware that Apple is known for. This is one of the fastest machines I've ever used. I can edit 4K video on this on the go. Um, That was something that was difficult to do in the past. This is a fantastic computer if you're looking for power. Do you use the touch bar? And if so, how? I use the touch bar. I use the touch bar all the time. Um, I definitely use the touch bar when editing. And explain what that is, because- uh, Oh yeah, the touch bar is a strip above the keyboard that replaces all the F keys. So this is an OLED display. Um, with a retina display, so a high-resolution OLED display with full color, and all the way on the right-hand side of it is a Touch ID button. So you can actually use Touch ID to log in, to authenticate, to do Apple Pay, um, all sorts of stuff. So. The OLED touch bar will change depending on what app you're using, depending on the context of what you're using. So if you're playing music, for example, and you're looking at iTunes, you'll have all your play controls. Or if you go to a web browser and you start a YouTube video, you'll have a scrub bar there. Um, here at the login screen, it has the typical you know, brighten, brighten up the display, um, change the keyboard brightness – it has a selfie picker, it's like it, it does a bunch of stuff and it's open to developers to add more, whatever they want to do. So it sounds
1: like since we first talked about this laptop, the new MacBook Pro, you've gotten even more bullish on it. You sounds like you like this.
0: I like it. I like it. yeah. I mean, like I said, when we talked about it first time, I was kind of like I was kind of underwhelmed, I guess, but actually using it in practice and seeing the speed, and also embracing, quite honestly, embracing Thunderbolt 3 and USB-C. Like, once I once I went there with it. Now explain that. Explain the difference there and, and why, why you like it. The difference is that this computer only has, aside from the headphone port, it only has USB-C Thunderbolt 3 ports. Which means anything you want to plug into this computer either has to be a USB-C shaped cord or you need a dongle. Um, and initially I didn't like that. But... You know, we talked earlier about this Samsung thing, right? So all I need is a is a Thunderbolt three cable, plug it in here, and I get way faster speeds than I get on any other computer with this thing.
1: That's the Samsung uh, flash drive that we talked Samsung about earlier. Samsung flash drive,
0: right? Um, Thunderbolt displays you can plug in a thunderbolt display into this to get a secondary display but since that display is plugged into the wall that display is going to pass power over the thunderbolt cable into the computer charging the computer (laughs) just because it's plugged into the display wow so there's a lot that thunderbolt 3 allows you to do that um you know just the previous ones won't do and it's universal so you can plug in your pixel phone into here. You can plug in your GoPro directly into here. Before you had to take out the tiny little card and find an adapter and then plug it like everything, you know, USB C is the future and anything that has it is gonna be compatible with each other. So it it sounds very inconvenient at first. But that's just because it's new. But when you recognize like where, where they're going with this, and it's not just Apple. Everybody's going to be doing this. Um, it's going to make things much easier in the long run. And it sounds like you've basically
1: embraced this whole idea. But you're still carrying one of those dongles, right? One of those adapters?
0: Um, I have an adapter. I always carry the adapter in my backpack just because I never know what what I'm gonna need for all the stuff I do as far as making videos. But for the average person, and Apple, by the way, extended their sale. So Apple put on sale all the USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 devices on the Apple Store um, through the end of the year. They actually extended that sale through March. So you can get a lot of these dongles and cables and even displays for a fraction of the price right now.
1: Now, but here's the problem with this computer. Tell me. 17 99 starting point for the new MacBook Pro. 13-inch with touch bar. Right. That is it's an expensive, is expensive machine. It is expensive. It's expensive. So um, why not just get the one without the touch bar for
0: $14.99? You can do that. This is a 15-inch display. So right. the 15-inch model is not available without a touch bar. Um, so that's one reason. If right. you need the bigger display, you're stuck with a touch bar. Um, but if you don't need the big display, you don't care about the touch bar – And you're okay with having two ports because that's the other thing. The one without the touch bar only has two ports instead of four. But if you're fine with that, um, I say go for it because you don't need to. The touch bar isn't the big differentiator here as far as I'm concerned. It's nice. um, I do use it, but it, it doesn't do anything that I couldn't do in another way. So, John, the MacBook Pro is in many ways the default machine
1: if somebody prefers a Mac in the GeekWire office. Should we be going for the Touch Bar when we when mm. we get people? No, it's too expensive. Yeah, it is. It is too expensive. <laughs> it sounds like we would. We probably. We all get. We have thirteen inch MacBooks, okay. so we'd probably end up going for the low end machine. Right. Um, but still, it's a it's a beautiful piece of hardware. Nobody yeah. makes a piece of hardware like Apple.
0: That is true. Now, if you haven't, if you have a video editor in house, though, do not stick them with a thirteen inch non Touch Bar. I'm just saying, you're going to slow down their. Oh, really? Their productivity. Well, yeah. I mean, this this has a quad core. Like it's it's dual core versus quad core. Proce- it's different processor, way more RAM, et cetera. So what about the Surface Book? Surface Book. So this is also cool. The Surface Book with performance base is one of my favorite laptops out there as well. And so I didn't like the original Surface Book.
1: So we're not showing the performance base here. But what is the, perform- performance, the performance base? The
0: performance base is basically the base that you have here. Oh, it But is. it just has, like, super high-end specs. Gotcha. So um, – but it's not – like, it's very nice. It's fast. Um, it's basically, you have MacBook Pro level of performance. So it really is, you know, it's the Windows version of the MacBook Pro, if you will. It, it works really well, but then you can also remove it, I, I think they call it the clipboard, I don't know if they call it tablet mode or clipboard mode or whatever, but you put it in clipboard mode and you have the pen, right? and it's more versatile. Right. So instead of, you know, the gimmick here with the MacBook Pro is you have the touch bar. That's their way of introducing touch into the operating system. And with, with Microsoft, you have the entire display. It's a tablet, full touch, full pen support. Um, it's, really, it's really well made. So if you're looking for a great Windows laptop, the Surface Book with performance base is good. And then the other one would be the Razer Blade Stealth, which came out of nowhere. It's company, Razer, which used to make uh, or still does make gaming peripherals like gaming mice, gaming keyboards, start making laptops, and they're really, really good.
1: I'll tell you the thing that's kept me away from the Surface book when we're looking for Windows laptops for people in the office is that it comes with the pen, and I feel like I'm paying a premium for the <laughs> pen, right? And we don't need the dang pen. You know, you just we just need a good laptop for somebody That's to funny. a good notebook. And so I, I, I stay away from it. And so we, we've gone with the Dell XPS 13 or the 15, mm-hmm. actually, which I am not a huge fan of despite okay. the buzz for that. Um, and... But more recently, we've been going back to the good old-fashioned Lenovo Thinkpads.
0: Wow. Yeah. The ones that look like a tank? No, not the one. No, they actually look decent now. Okay.
1: They've certainly streamlined even the the business computers. Okay, cool. Is this sensing my movement as I'm walking? I don't know. I think it is. Maybe. Aren't you
2: nervous with a nearly no, $2,000 piece of equipment just sitting up there <laughs> on the box? Perched yeah. The <laughs> box. <I> mean, <laughs> I'm just waiting for you guys to we'll knock go it ahead. over. We'll go ahead yeah. Go ahead go ahead yeah. Me <laughs> <down>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it in a safer spot.
0: Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, if you're looking for computers, MacBook Pro, Surface Book with performance base, and uh, the dark horse of the whole thing is the Razor Blade Stealth. Really Very cool. Good computer.
1: Very cool. All right, Andrew, so those are the notebooks, the laptops. What yeah. else have you got here?
0: Let's talk about 3D printing for a second. Let's bring it. Let's bring in our special yeah. guests. We have some special guests yes. over okay. here. I love them. To talk to us about 3D printing. Bam, look at this guy. Look at this guy. That's me. <laughs> He's hot. So I just brought in a figure. And I just what does it say bottom. on the shirt, by the way? The shirt says, super cali, swagalistic, sexy, hella dopeness. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a shirt I was wearing when I went into the booth. And this is cool. So this is a company called Doob. But I think you said there's other ones as well, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Todd, bring out yeah, your so, uh, creation yeah, let's. Uh, I think
1: we're going to have, on top of the MacBook Pro, we'll have to have a battle yes, here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> super Todd. This is super Todd. Now, Andrew, unlike you, uh, where it apparently it, th- this is your actual
0: body. That's well, entirely, actually, I should yes.
1: say, this is my body, too. I that's don't know you, if you've yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I just never took as close a look at you as before. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, that's funny. It's, but, no, I mean, 3D printing is, right um, is not the product. That I'm, I'm not recommending everybody go out and buy figures of me. Um, but it's just 3D printing kind of coming into its own now and, like, actually being a quality product. So that's me. I actually stepped into a booth that had, I think, 80 DSLRs in it all in stacks all around this booth, and they all took your picture at the same time within two seconds, and that's what comes this out. This is
2: pretty impressive.
0: And it's yours is super light. Mine yeah. is, mine's heavy. John, do you remember the name of this Yeah, co-
2: You Kick Ass.
0: You
1: Kick Ass yeah, is the Yeah, Seattle name. Company. We're on, on the podcast now so we can right. say it. Right. That's right. We <laughs> saved the, uh, yeah, that's the right. profanity <laughs> for the, the, after the radio. But don't you
2: think that 3D printing, I don't know, I felt like it lost a little buzz in 2016. Like it was so hyped in 2014,
0: 2015. It seemed right. like it... Lost a little momentum. I think it lost, it lost buzz within the tech community world, but I think it's becoming something that's more accepted in the at, by just the average common person. Um, they're doing it in schools now. Like my son's school has three D printing, um, middle school. Like it's something that I think in the future is just going to be normal. And I, what stuck out to me was I know someone who had a, a refrigerator and a part broke. And they didn't make that refrigerator anymore, so the part was difficult to find. And even if they did find it, it would have been like eight hundred dollars. So he has this part three D printed. It works great, and it costs like three dollars. He just three D printed the part. Yeah, like that is you know what the future of three D printing is. It's not about mm-hmm. making cool statues of yourself. It's really about <laughs> you know. Although they they are very cool. They're great. <laughs> it really is about the practicality of what it can do, and you know I think. At some point in the future, I think it's going to be common that a home has a 3D printer in it. And there's just, you know, if there's something you need, you can just 3D print it and use it. We should describe for people who are not seeing
1: this exactly what these are. They're they're mini figurines that look... Strikingly like the two of us, and I must say, <laughs> mine looks way more like me than yours looks like you. Well, yours,
0: <laughs> so yours is a three D printed superhero. Your head is three D printed. Right, the rest that's of the right. body is not. Th- that is true. Now this one, this is a fully three D printed version of me. You can see my my sneakers are what I was wearing. I have my Apple Watch on, like everything. My tattoo shows up. Um, everything that I had on shows up in that print, which wow. I just thought was really the cool. The tattoo does show up. Yeah, that's, that, incredible. Yeah, that's, that's pretty you could, amazing.
1: You could probably, it's even different. You've got, you know, a beard here as well. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. amazing.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. So um, again, that company's doob, if anybody wants to get one of, D- of the How so. much D-O-O-B. That cost? D-O-O-B. How much does that, that cost? That was, it was not, there was no cost because it was something I was doing an influencer event for during CES. So it was just, hey, come on in if you want Check one of these. Out. But um. You can get them in all sorts of sizes too if you, you know, you don't have to get them like crazy big like that. But yeah, I just think 3D printing is cool and there's a lot of 3D printers. Now, 3D printers used to be like $3,000 and now you can get, get them for as low as a few hundred. I think like 400 bucks you can get a good 3D printer nowadays for just, you know, for the home. So 3D printing. We'll see where it goes in 2017, though. Would you? Would you buy a 3D printer? Would Gosh, you use? No,
2: it? no, that's just not my mentality at all. <laughs> you I just want to buy it. So yeah, I am so mechanically challenged. I can only imagine <laughs> me trying to figure out what to do with a 3D right, printer. Right.
0: Right. Well, the cool thing. Some is of this <laughs> other stuff
2: you can tease me with, and I could say, right. okay, I could, I could give this a shot, a 3D mm-hmm. printer. You're but, scaring me by saying every home is going to have a 3D
0: printer in I think they will. 20 well, years. The, well, the cool thing. So is I'm going to get passed by. The 3D printer, or at least some of them today, it's almost like the App Store, where you go into the 3D printer's app, on your phone, and it just shows you. Here's all the stuff you can print. You pick one, you tap on print, and it just goes to work. You don't even have to do anything.
1: So, so, so for people who were not getting this sort of in advance, if you want to get the dube stuff, <laughs> which
0: is a yeah, great, wow, great, that great, sounds great name, weird. <laughs> it's great.
1: so ninety five dollars for something that's sort of in the realm of like what the old Star Wars action figures would okay. be. But it looks like yours might be a, a twelve or a or a ten or a fourteen. I think inch. it's like a ten inch. Yeah, so that's three ninety five, and one that's fourteen inch is six ninety five. That's Six hundred right. ninety five dollars. Yeah.
0: So, pretty spendy. It is. Point. It so. is, but it, it looks cool. It's a it's definitely like it's a it's a piece of art. It's not something you just want to like I don't throw that around and play with. It's not an action figure. Yeah. So, it's for display purposes. <laughs> so, I know one more here, one more item here.
1: Do you have is this this charger? Before we get to sort of the, the big finale, which I, I think should be the, the, the virtual reality. Okay. This, is a, this is a charging device you've got here?
0: Yeah, so these are power banks. And I just think um, it's not even this brand necessarily. It's more about, again, kind of like 3D printing where it's it's the it's the technology itself. So they, they have all these power banks now that have, they pack a bunch of power in them. Uh, let's see what I have here. So this one, for example, has 20,100 milliamp hours. But it's still, it just fits in the palm of my hand. And I can charge a typical smartphone like eight to 10 times off of this if this is full powered. Could you use that to charge a laptop? Yes, because it has USB C. Oh, <laughs> so I can I can directly connect it with USB C. So You could charge your MacBook Pro. That's I, right. This MacBook Pro, I could not charge this MacBook Pro. You could because you can charge it. Plug it in here into oh, a regular okay. USB. So what? Well, actually, no, no you, you not can't that charge. The, right, the, right. That yeah. does not charge over USB. So anything that charges over USB, like the the regular MacBook as well as the MacBook Pro, you can use a power bank. So you could just have this in your backpack and plug it in when it's in your backpack, and then when you get to wherever you're going. So I'm confused. You could charge a MacBook Pro with that. Yes, a MacBook new one. Pro. A new anything one. that charges Not off the ones we have. Not the ones we have. Right. Oh. But, I mean, this will do your phone. This is basically, anything that charges over USB, this will charge. And it has multiple you know, charging ports on it. So you can charge multiple devices at once. And it even supports quick charge. So a lot of Android devices do quick so charge. So when you take this out of the box, is it fully charged, ready to go? or Usually it's like char- 80% out of the box. And what's the charging cable that you use to, p- to charge this? To charge this specific one here? Yeah. Let me take a look. You would use a USB-C cable to charge this one. But some most of them charge by a micro USB. But USB c and to get again, a fully charge
2: in that, how long does
0: it? If it's down to zero, how long does it charge that up? Take this. I mean, out? this will take a while because uh, imagine. So it does support quick charge. So if you have a quick charge um, outlet, um, it'll charge faster. But again, remember, like this is charging your phone ten times, so it'll probably be you know a good five you know, or I was six hours. Gonna, I was almost going to put one of these on my Christmas list, um,
2: but this scares me if I can't do my laptop in addition to my iPhone. Is mm. there another
0: alternative that? Uh, not for the laptop that you currently have, no. Yeah. Because these these are made to power USB devices, mm-hmm. so you can't you what you need to charge your current laptop is something with the three prongs, which none of these are going to have. Um, that kind of power. So I think it's time to upgrade your laptop. All right, so, so there we you go, Todd. There it is. big
1: GeekWire expense. This is the Jackery device. That's right? a Jackery. Yes. Do you know which which model this this one is?
0: They all make so many of them. Yeah. Um, another good brand is Anchor, and another one is called Aki, and they all they they each have like ten or fifteen different versions. They'll have one with just one port or less power or five ports. So, but they're all really inexpensive. But Todd, as you know, we think about CES. Right. That's exactly That's right. what exactly. I'm thinking about yep. here too. This because I be.
2: have some portable charging devices but
1: this one packs a pretty big punch yeah yeah Yeah, this is this this could be really cool i'm gonna look into this i
0: was thinking the same thing yeah yeah. there you go yeah so that's a mobile power banks and again you don't have to worry about the brand jackery um it can be all it can be anchor they all make really great ones this just happened to be the one i grabbed
1: yeah and so for people who are watching or listening on the the podcast so this is this is a beefy little device. It's not the
0: kind of thing you'd find in the grocery aisle at Fred Meyer. No, 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 This, this is
1: all. This is a, a substantial
0: device. It's substantial, but still not, I mean, it's not that crazy big. Like, you could just slip that into a backpack. It's not that heavy. Right, exactly. Okay, very cool. All right, let's talk about virtual reality, shall we? Let's
1: do it. So why
0: do you think this was one of the top technologies of 2016? It's just cool. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's something different. It's something new. Whenever there's something new in technology that doesn't take a lot of explaining, or in this case, with virtual reality, what I've found is you can't explain it to someone. You know, Pretty much anything that I, that I use or review, I can explain it, I can either talk to you about it in a video or write an article about it, and you'll get it. It's good, here's why it's good. With virtual reality, no matter what I say, you don't get it until you actually experience it. And then once you experience it, you realize this is something that you have to experience to get, and you start telling other people about it. So virtual reality was huge. Um, here in 2016 have you guys used like the agency oh yeah so Vibe, here's what i did that?
1: here's what i did i've used them in a bunch of different de- demos a lot of the startups end up using the vive mm-hmm. for one re- reason or another i uh during pax this year pax prime i went on a mission uh, i was a bachelor for the weekend so i was able to spend the entire weekend <laughs> at pax uh my family was traveling and I tried every possible virtual reality demo I could. Wow! And I I tried it on the Rift. I tried it on the Vive. I did a little bit on the Gear. Um, I did one of those things where you stand up and uh, you move your feet, and that moves you through oh, the virtual reality How was that? Environment. I never even done that. Uh, that was really cool. It was a little odd. You like had shoes that were a little slippery, right. so you could uh, walk in the the platform. It was very cool. Um, I think to me, the promise of virtual reality, especially in gaming, is that. You're actually using your human skills, you know, like you're moving in much the same way that you do in the real world, and that's why the tethers are really the the one big Mm -hmm. bummer. The fact that for a high powered device right now, like the Rift or the Vive, you have to be connected by a cord to the PC. Now, they're Working to change that,
0: right? And th- and that change will actually happen very very soon. um I think the HTC Vive is going to have a wireless module within the next like month or two. Yeah, my favorite and tr- and I my other
1: test was I was wearing my glasses, my actual okay. you know real glasses the whole time, and it's it's workable. M- my favorite device in terms of comfort was the Rift. Mm-hmm. It felt it just felt a lot good. It worked really well. In terms of the experiences, I really liked the Vive yeah. a lot more. Just the Bigger breadth of experience. Right, I agree. We'll I, get, watched, I walked here. by
2: the Microsoft store today, and I was surprised the Oculus Rift was right out
1: front. Yeah. why are they promoting it so heavily at, at Microsoft? So it works with Windows 10, and they this is this is the new Microsoft and the John. Xbox One. Yes, you've, you. This question is fundamental that you just asked to the new Microsoft. Yes. I was hoping
2: there'd be a Hololens right. Right. Out there. Well, <laughs> they have they have the
1: Hololens. That's their device, but the way Satya Nadella is doing it, they're not. Exclusive on their devices, they they don't have religion about them. They want to just sort of show the way and be a flagship for the rest of the industry, but they need the rest of the industry but too. But as you mentioned, you know, in gaming, where you do see
2: a lot of huge applications for this, with the tie into the Xbox, I guess that's probably the yeah big thing they're pushing. Well, it's
0: not just that, but when you go to the Microsoft Store, they do sell Dell laptops and Leno- like you, they sell other. brands. I was just surprised just how Surface. prominent was right. just I think it's by like the this is, is well. Holidays. The thing is, the Oculus Rift does not work with the Mac. So, it is a differentiator for them if you go into the Microsoft store and you try this out and you're like, oh, I want this. You have to have a PC to use this. So, why it could is also that? Be that. I didn't know that. Because the Mac does not have the same graphics chips that PCs have. So, they're not powerful. Like the Mac graphics chips are made for performance for apps, but not for games. So, high intensive games like VR, um, they can't do yet. Now, I think that may change in 2017. I think Tim Cook has made it pretty clear, um, AR especially, but also VR is something they see as a, being in the future of Apple. Um, but right now, you get a high-end gaming PC, the graphics card in there is going to outperform any Mac, including a Mac Pro. So, um, And you need that for VR. Um, so I think VR is great. Um, you mentioned gaming. I also think there's like really cool opportunity for like Movies Like, I want to put oh, yeah. on VR yeah. and be in a Pixar movie. And, like, I'm just looking all around. Like, I'm in Toy Story, and I'm just part of the story. That's, like, it's cool. You're and, Nemo's friend. Right. I'm Nemo's best friend. I'm swimming around, <laughs> whatever. Um So, yeah. So, like, these things are, are pretty expensive. But they – there's a reason because it, it's expensive technology. And when you try it, there's really not anything else like it um, as far as entertainment goes, you know – Anywhere, like you put this thing on and you're transferred into a new world. So what I brought here, I didn't bring the actual VR headsets, but these two devices are are part of the whole VR world. So first up is the Daydream View. Have you seen the Daydream View before? I've not, no. All right, so this, I'll hand that to you, is the VR headset that works with any Android phone with the Daydream feature built in. Right now, the only one is the... Google Pixel, but other phones will also be Daydream enabled and that's Google's what do you call it virtual reality platform. And so the cool thing is with this, it's kind of like the Samsung Gear VR, but with this one you put in a Daydream uh, enabled phone and the headset wakes up, it puts the phone into Daydream view mode right away by itself, you close it up, you put it on, you're in and it's made of fabric. So it's not made of hard plastic. So the reason Google did that is because they wanted it to be comfortable like a piece of clothing rather than like you're sticking a piece of hard plastic and metal to your head, which I think is a good, uh, good strategy. So it's breathable. It's not heavy. It's comfortable. And uh, the so whole experience works nicely. This is Google's device, obviously. That is Google's they device. They experimented with Google Glass. Why do you think <laughs> this is going to Google take Glass. off where Google Glass is? Google Bear? Glass wasn't VR, first of all. Google Glass was just a – Google doesn't do betas – the right way. I don't know. Like they just, they think everybody is like a hardcore super tech nerd and just accepts all their stuff. When quite frankly, that's not how the world works. You look at Snapchat spectacles. It's like the same thing. It records you. All it does is record you. That's all they're meant for. And everybody loves them. Google glass. On the other hand, people were so weird about because it's Google. Google doesn't get, I think the average person's, you know, Feelings about that kind of stuff. But you think they have with this. Yeah, because this, you're not recording anybody. You're just playing games and watching videos in your own personal little theater on your face. This one, this is the Oculus Rift touch controllers. And this one I think we can even open up and I can show you guys. So obviously Facebook owns Oculus, which is the maker of the Rift. And you mentioned a little earlier that you liked the HTC Vive more. And I assume it's because you could use your hands inside the HTC Vive's world versus the Oculus Rift. You can just look around, but you can't really move around. The, true, true to some extent. Yeah, although I was using, at PAX,
1: I was using the, the touch
0: controller. Oh, okay. So, oh, fair enough. And you yeah, still had the same I, opinion.
1: I still did just because the breadth of experience on the Vive. Okay. The, the number of games and apps. And I just had better yeah, yeah, experiences that makes sense. overall with the Vive.
0: So the touch brings the Oculus Rift into parody with the HTC Vive, in that you can now use your hands while playing with the Oculus Rift, and it has another sensor in there, so you also get some room scale. The thing with the HTC Vive is that it actually tracks you as you walk around, so you, you can literally move around your room that you're in and approach different areas of the VR world, whereas the Oculus Rift was more about looking around, but you couldn't really move around. So now that you have more cameras, um, to pair with your Rift, you can also do the whole moving around and using your hands.
1: Now, ergonomically, the way it feels in your hand—here, try that out, John. I like these better than the Vive controllers, personally. I, I think these are mm-hmm. these are cooler. One of the games I played—I can't remember what it was—but you basically threw fireballs uh, across the uh, sort of this barren uh, urban wasteland. Oh, that's at funny. each other. It was really fun. And throwing fireballs with these touch controllers was really easy and cool, very intuitive. Yeah, I,
0: I like the touch controllers a lot. Yeah, so and so these are 200 bucks for the touch controllers and I think it's cool just the fact that now you know when you're if you're a developer especially and you're making a VR game you don't have to okay if I make it for the HTC Vive I can do this but if I make it for the Rift I have to take these features yeah. out. Now you can just make the game for both platforms similar to making a game for a PlayStation 4 or Xbox and everybody can get the same experience.
1: The functionality is the same even yeah. if the, the underlying code obviously is right, different right. but the the idea that you can Basically, have a controller, have something along the lines of room scale. Very cool. Yeah. So so, so if you were out there wanting to get a VR headset, like mm-hmm. the Oculus Rift, not just doing 360 video like right, on a right. smartphone uh, VR experience, which would you get? The Vive or the Rift? Would you wait for the Magic Leap or the HoloLens? What yeah. would
0: you do? I would love to get the Magic Leap, but it sounds like that's not going to be for a while. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, not the HoloLens. Um, is that even a consumer product yet? Not really. It still a no, it's a developer. Okay, and, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't enterprise. do that yet. Um, I think if you're worried about being tethered, then you would go with the HTC Vive and buy that wireless module that's about to come out because it, it, tr- it really is a truly wireless module and it, the tracking is fantastic. And so you can just use it without being tethered to the computer, which is a big annoyance. Um, but alternatively, Facebook... I mean, you can't – if I name two companies, HTC and Facebook, right? Like Facebook is obviously the company that's going to push the boundaries a little more in terms of this technology, I think. So if you want something that's a little more future-proof, I guess, and a company that's going to be in it for the long haul, Facebook is the one. So I would say get the Oculus Rift. But – you got to get the touch controllers if you want the full experience, whereas the HTC Vive comes with that. Right. And HTC is closely linked to Valve in the,
1: the yes. whole effort with the Vive. So you, there you have the advantage of Steam. and Right. So if you're a
0: gamer, mm-hmm. you might want to go with the Vive instead.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, they're,
0: they're both great. They both have great games. And honestly, they both have... Um a very similar game library as well
1: now john's big complaint with virtual reality is the time that he almost puked i believe the frame rate at that point was 30 or 60 frames a second <laughs> convince john oh, to try man. virtual reality again because you're talking about oh, 90 yeah. frame a second 90 yeah frames it's a totally second different yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll try it
0: you need 90 frames yeah. per second to feel like you're there like to to really feel like you have a presence in this new place if you're 30 frames per second, I totally understand why you felt that way. And a lot of people still feel that way about PlayStation VR. They'll be playing games on the PlayStation VR. Yeah. Especially like um, E3, there were there were journalists playing the PlayStation VR who were getting sick. It's like the reason is because the PlayStation um, – at the time, the PlayStation Pro wasn't available yet. The PlayStation 4 wasn't powerful enough to do that high frame rate, and all these journalists were just getting queasy and some were even throwing up. So, but now. An occupational hazard. Right, exactly. So, if you're going PlayStation <laughs> VR, which is also very cool, um, make sure you pair that with a PlayStation 4 Pro, not the regular one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally recommend trying one of these high end ones with a high end PC that can push the frame rate. Um, and it is, the experiences are just amazing. And I actually like the non-gaming experience is more than the gaming ones, even though I love games. I just like being able to go into a world and just, like, observe and, like, just see, like, how... It just seems cool, like, transporting yourself somewhere else. So on the PlayStation VR, I, I liked that experience in part because the headset is
1: super comfortable. It it kind of just... It pushes, is, yeah. It pushes up to your face on a track. The, there's, like, a halo around your head that really holds it in a nice, balanced mm-hmm. way. Um, but to your point... being in the PlayStation VR experience felt more like being in the middle of a video game, whereas everything else like the Vive and, and the Rift feels like being in the middle of a virtual world. Yep yep so it's uh but it's it's exciting times i really do think that vr was this was the year that vr became a reality yeah in the mainstream world because of the release of the rift and the vive
0: yeah yeah especially the rift i mean if it wasn't for the rift i don't even think we'd be talking about this stuff right now oh, so
1: yeah absolutely very
0: good all right let me ask you guys a question that was that was those are my picks for 2016 yes. we're done with that heading into 2017 what do you guys expect to be the uh, some of the breakout technologies of the coming.
2: I'm going to be driving a self-driving car.
0: Yeah, I yeah.
1: I'm Next really. Year. You know what's <laughs> there? You I, know, I, I don't actually, think that's going to happen. Well, no, <laughs> I actually. I, don't <laughs> I know was if, joking. Well, if you look at the things that Uber is doing in San Francisco, you know, in some cases against the law. Uh, you yeah, know, I just
2: read moving they their moving operation they to Arizona. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But it's to me, self-driving cars are in some ways in 2017 where VR was in 2016. I think okay. maybe not quite to the point of mass adoption or mass availability, but I think you're starting to get to the point where people are getting over the, you know, the conceptual hurdle of accepting self-driving cars you're starting to see a lot of experiments from a lot of these companies maybe self-driving cars will be more of a 2018 yeah, 2019 reality it's gonna be reality. a while
2: just because of the because of the legislation yeah and it's it is gonna be different. a while but well depends what you mean by self-driving too like, i am can, in the market i today. am in the market for a new car because are you really honda's i mean it oh, barely it's, moves it's funny oh, i sorry. can't even get it up like the ba- most basic gradient you know it's are you gonna go let alone like trying to get up to queen <laughs> anne hill you're gonna go model but, three well, see, that's the thing. I, I'm thinking I might just not get a car that. and just uh, use ride sharing services there you go. There you as go. a cheaper option.
1: So, John. So those are my like John and I were talking on the phone last night, and John said oh, something geez, so right. He said so something so funny that I actually had to write it down. <laughs> oh, I've got it here. So he said, "Yeah, I'm in the Honda." Well, I figure it's faster than walking. <laughs> it's cheaper than Uber. And then about 20 seconds later, he said, oh, I got to get off 15th. This hill, hill is too too steep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow. I pulled up. I wrote Whoa. it down. I literally wrote I it down. It was That's so funny. Awesome. Awesome. That's horrible. So awesome. That's horrible. So uh, give
2: me your advice on what I should do for a car. Ooh, this is Ooh, good. Okay. Yeah. My well, dad refuses to go car shopping with me because okay. I am such a pain in the ass about it. So
0: what should I do? Listen, this is just my personal opinion because cars yeah. are such a personal thing. Um, I am a big fan of the electric cars, mostly because – not just because they're electric, but because they're also um, – any car manufacturer making them tries to make those cars more gadgety in a way. So like I own a Chevy Volt, uh, one of the Gen 2 Chevy Volts, and I love it just because of all the technology that's built into it. The Chevy Bolt that just came out um, is all electric and had beat Tesla to the market with a car that does over 200 miles to a charge. Um, so what's the right name now. of that? Bolt. Instead The of Chevy the Bolt, Bolt. It's a B. with So how Bolt. do you charge it? You just plug it into your home. So at home, you plug it in um, in your garage or mine. I don't I... have a garage. Oh. Do you have, you have, you have an apartment? Well, no. He's, got, got, a, a he's got a house. He's well, got I mean, a house with yeah. the driveway. Yeah, that's the thing I mean, with an all-electric vehicle. You something don't... where... So I have... So you, you go to the Home Depot, you get a long <laughs> orange cord. Is that what you have to do? No, I have a, a charging station built into my... The garage, but you can also build it into the outside of your home. That you sounds like a pain in, in the ass. It's not, it, it, it was like a two-hour installation. I'm not going to do and that. And then you get one—you know—one <laughs> of those things,
1: those uh, the wrap-up things that you put the hose in, yeah. and then you like pull the like orange cord out to the street. Yeah, that you, yeah <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, I—I right. well,
0: I got my vault almost exact like t- 13 months ago, and I believe I've bought um, about 36 gallons of gas in 13 months. So. The money savings is there, and then you have all the technology packed in. But my Volt is not ever going to be a self-driving car. If you order a Model 3, and we're here on the West Coast, we're going to get those you know, prior to anywhere else in the world when they're available. Um, this is the Tesla. The Tesla, Model, Tesla 3 Model 3 will come with all of the upgraded Autopilot 2 features, um, and that will – Whenever they release the self-driving update, that will receive that and will drive you from your front door to your destination. So I should get a Model Three. Yeah, if you wanna, if you want the best, uh, I think that's gonna be the best <laughs> car. I mean, again, you know, cars are very personal things. But I ordered a Model Three, so I'm just waiting. Once that comes out, when that comes out, that's it. That's my car. So you asked about what what the defining
1: technologies of 2017 would be. I really think that uh, everyday artificial intelligence will will be the the defining technology. What does that mean? And by that, I mean the little smart things that all of these gadgets and devices are doing to understand the context of your current situation, uh, remember things for you automatically, and just... Act as an assistant in your life. I think that's going to become more and more pervasive. It's going to happen so gradually, but so steadily that someday, maybe at the end of 2017, a year from now, we're going to be sitting here and just talking about how this was just the year of of artificial intelligence. Yeah. My, my favorite example, and I brought this one up before in our conversations, is the Apple Maps app in iOS mm-hmm. 10 that. Uses the Bluetooth connection to your car to understand when you've shut your car off and put a little marker there that says, here is your parked car. Yeah. That type of thing is the kind of stuff that I think is going to define 2017. That's my take. I like that. What I like about, that.
0: What about you? I'm going uh I'm going with augmented reality. Nice. So I think, you know, a year from now, I think augmented reality is gonna be where virtual reality is today. And for those who don't understand the difference, virtual reality means You're putting on a headset of some sort and you're entering a virtual world where augmented reality is you have the reality that's around you, the real world, and something is being superimposed on top of that. So one popular example of that would be Pokemon Go where if you don't turn off the augmented reality feature, you see the Pokemon in the real world. So you're throwing a Pokeball at a Pokemon who's like sitting on your doorstep or something like that. Um, I think – What's gonna you know hasten that is gonna be Apple. I think something's gonna happen with iPhone eight with some big AR features built in. Um, I think Samsung's gonna do something similar this year with their phones, and then Google uh, with their upgrade to the Pixel. Whatever they do in twenty seventeen, I think the basically the three major smartphone carriers are gonna help hasten the arrival of AR and maybe Snapchat as well. Like Snapchat's really trying to become uh, a camera company rather than an app company. And I think, you know, the Snapchat spectacles that we've talked about in the past are just a, just a taste of really where they're going with it as well. So I think we're going to see some cool um, AR stuff happening. HoloLens, that should be maturing this year as well. Um, but I want to see it do more than just gaming. I really want to see some cool practical um, applications. The only thing I'm con- I'm not sure about is the actual usage of it. Like I don't want to be walking around – with, like, my phone strapped to my face in public because I'm getting augmented reality directions to, you know, <laughs> the pizza shop or whatever. I I, I don't know how that's going to be solved. I think eventually, long term, it'll be, like, in a contact lens or something. But for now, um, I don't know if it's going to be glasses or, or what it's going to be, but... I'm excited. I think most about that technology. I thought you were going to say curved TV displays. <laughs> curved TV displays. I've had one. Of, I've had one of those since last year. Spoken <laughs> so <we're gonna> like <laughs> <laughs> was like CES 2014. Although, although if you want to talk about TVs, I am excited about OLED. OLED TVs coming down in price astronomically. Um, the the picture quality is amazing, and when you when you get one of those in your home, which again you're going to be able to do because they're no longer like. They're down to, you know, under $2,000 now. So next year, Black Friday, it'll be, you know, a few hundred dollars. You get an OLED display. It's going to be crazy. They're super thin, super light, amazing black levels, amazing color. I'm a big fan of TVs. I'm an audiophile. So. Well, I don't know why I said audio file. It Doesn't matter if
1: you're looking at a TV. It's only appropriate that the final podcast of 2016 is our longest podcast ever. We're now clocked in at an hour and eight minutes. Boom! <laughs> yes, yes. You're so, welcome. So for uh, for folks out there who are still listening, uh, let's let's do a little contest here at the end. All right. What do you want to give away?
0: Ooh, ooh. Who's As still listening? Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's a good question.
1: Who do you want to give? We we promised we a, give a giveaway uh, the, in our naming contest. What was it? Was it- Give away
0: your uh, $2,000 MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine. I won't erase it or anything. I'll take all passwords off and I'll just send it to you. Um, we, I think we're going to do a $50 gift card. Yeah.
1: yeah. So why don't we do a $50 gift card? $50 okay. gift card to Amazon. So you can just put it towards whatever so, you want. So here's how you do it. Send it to contest at geekwire.com. Mm-hmm. And when you do, tell us tell us what you think. The best technology of 2017 will be, from the pool of correct answers, we'll pick one person at random to win a $50. Well, there $50. Isn't really yeah, a the correct connect, answer. There isn't really a I correct don't answer. Don't from we, from the pool know. of answers. <laughs> from the pool of submissions. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Anyone yeah, this, can this submit. Guy this guy's to, wrong. Yeah. They're Totally wrong. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. All right. It's been it's been more than an hour. I'm right, still keeping right, it yeah. together. If anybody sends in Curve TV, they are wrong. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's
1: really automatically disqualified. <laughs> All right. This has been fun. Thanks very much for doing this, Andrew.
0: Definitely, as always.
1: So you can check out your videos, Andrew's videos, at youtube.com slash gear live. Yes. And if you want to hear more of GeekWire or the new Geared Up podcast, just go to geekwire.com slash podcasts. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. And I'm Andrew Edwards. Talk to you next time, everybody. Happy holidays and happy new year.